It's episode 379 of This Is Whole Life, and this week's episode is a little bit different than what we, I mean, each week in the past nine, it's been, <laughs> been different. The Chosen, yeah. and then whatever the episode title of that was. And I just, as a little bit of housekeeping, just don't miss any of those nine weeks. The, the episodes were really impactful, and I've had multiple people who have come up to me and said, I had no idea that you were going to be discussing not I thought you were just going to be discussing the TV show and right. the different parts of which we did in more yeah. detail here on the podcast. So that was a that was fun for us, but the actual message took bits and pieces and themes more so from the TV show than it did more of a launching pad yeah, kind of a thing into yeah. a, into the surrounding stories, the surrounding scriptures, right? And maybe connections you haven't thought of in those Bible stories. And we did separate the holy imagination from the scriptural. Right. And and then sometimes we put those together and said, I kind of think I agree with this. Maybe yeah. the, maybe yeah. this is maybe this really could have been how something like this would have happened. And it's fun to imagine. And I the point that someone brought out was you you grow up reading these stories, listening to these stories. And you have your own holy imagination. I was just saying, we used. do it anyway yeah. when we read anything. We we put it in our context, right? So, yeah, yeah. We had a conversation around the dinner table this past week, and Ellie was describing a book, and she was saying, "Well, this character is like this, and this character is like this." And Heather said, "How do you know that? Is that what you think about?" Right. She's like, "Oh, no, no, no. The book series has a website, and they show you, they show you what the character looks like because someone has drawn it. It's not. It wasn't. It's a, right. It's fiction, but." It is interesting, though, to see, and I wish, you know, you, you've got so many different versions of what you think <laughs> Peter was like or Judas sure. was like. And it's just, it was interesting to see somebody else's uh, rendition of how they looked at those those people in the Bible. Yeah. yeah. So don't miss out on any of those episodes because they really were a lot of fun and they were... It was entertaining, it was enlightening, it was educational, all wrapped into one. And, it, and I really felt like those were fun messages to go through together because you not only have the holy imagination of the writers and the producers, then you have all of our individuals sure. stuff that came into it. And so it really was a lot of fun. All right. This past week, we had a special guest speaker, and he <laughs> happens to be sitting with me right now, Jeff Sincomani. And the reason being was because there was questions in the chat like hey is where's ken like what's, right. what's going on with ken and ken is on a personal sabbatical where he goes every year to do a little planning for himself and what he wants to do in ministry and how he sees that playing out here at the church and he takes that time for himself to rejuvenate and to plan and um, he's encouraged us on staff to do it as well and it's a little scary should I, <laughs> should, I, should I take a couple of days and actually just sit with my thoughts that would be yeah. you know that might be a little scary but uh, something that he encourages us to do and he was doing I'm glad he, he was able to do that yeah me yeah. too me too and so Jeff jumped in and did Ken know that you were going to be telling tales that were going to be disparaging your people <laughs> well, he, with red hair yeah, he and red bearded this, He asked me before he left, he said, so, uh, so is this, is this your way of kind of talking behind my <laughs> back? <laughs> well, and, when you described your friend in college who had red hair and a red beard, I'm like, yeah. well, you didn't know Ken then, did you? No, probably not. That's funny. So the thing that really made me feel 
like a part of the message early on and maybe really made me feel kind of my age a little bit <laughs> was the full service gas full service gas station, right? Goodness. In Green Bay, we had well, I'm a little bit younger than you, and but even at that time, there were a handful of gas stations around the Green Bay area that were still full, had full service, but there was one, and if I remember correctly, it was only full service. It was an old Union 76, right. and it was on Velp Avenue in Green Bay, right next to when they put in Interstate 43. You'd come off the ramp, and you could make a left right into the, into the gas station, and they still had the digging of the every gallon that we used to ding so you could keep track of right. like and and that brought back memories and then the the owner of the gas station he would come out and he still had the old belt oh yeah money change the money change for yep. the changer for the if yep. you if you gave him change he could give you change back or he could change paper money into into coins and it would be a chick chick Yep. And he'd go through really quick, like someone in a drawer, except he did it with this little click belt thing. And that was uh, always oh, yeah. um, kind of a throwback because my dad used to tell us when he was a kid, you know, he was a teenager, he worked at his Uncle Bucko's gas station up in the UP. And that was part of what they, you know, you'd pay and you'd check the oil and you'd do all these different things that nowadays you're like, you go to the quick loop for that. You don't go to the gas yeah. station for those kinds of things. Well, it's interesting because 1150 for a fill-up was, was almost on, you know, that was just <laughs> my dad and my, you know, my grandfather, you know, they would have these, you know, large trucks and you know, you still could get by filling up a car for $7. It, you know, this is back in the day when I remember gas wars, and I still remember as a kid, remember seeing 17.9 wow. per gallon. And, and those, you know, during a gas war, you might get some pretty low prices. Pretty low prices. But most of the prices were most, I remember growing up thinking in the 20s and 30s. So, Well, I remember when I first started driving, if I remember correctly, the I, the first time I remember buying gas for my own car it was eighty six cents a gallon, mm, okay. and then the uh, but people would put you know fifty cents of, in gas you know at one point you could get a gallon or two yeah. of, of gas and so it yeah. was not a unheard of for someone to put in less than a dollar sure and, oh, yeah. get, and, and get enough gas to get them for another day to another or two day, until yeah. they got to payday or something and well I, twenty to thirty <laughs> cents is what I meant twenty to thirty cents was fairly common and then when sure. I started driving. We had this, you know, I don't know if you remember back in the in this, you know, seventies, there was this huge you know, oil embargo issue. Yep. And all of a sudden, here I go, I'm getting ready to go to drive and now the gas goes up to fifty cents. It's crazy. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Well, and the funny part was the we never ever stopped at that gas station. Yeah. Only time I can ever remember getting gas there was a handful of times when I worked outdoors all day in construction. And after you've been outside for 12 hours <laughs> in the day, freezing to death, and you finally start getting that heat out of the vents, kind of like in Florida, you start getting AC, the the steering wheel's not frozen solid, or here it's not on fire, and you just don't want to get out and start sweating <laughs> or freezing again. I can only ever remember filling up my car there twice. And I remember going with a friend who used to go all the time, and I'm just like, man, I get so many more miles though out of the <laughs> other, and I, I don't, I, I don't have the money for for uh, full right. service, but sure. that just brought back a lot of memories for those of us old enough to remember. And yeah, I don't know if they have. Sorry those for those of you that have <laughs> not that nostalgia. Right, they don't have those. Yeah. All right. 
I, I loved how the fact, and I know we talked about this last week a little bit, but you talked about new member orientation early oh, on yeah. Yeah. and getting a chance to really just let people know what we're about. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that when you talked about the red hair and Chryslers at the gas station, it's like, don't ever trust anyone with red hair who drives a Chrysler. <laughs> and we laugh a little bit about that because it seems very flippant. It seems very in yep. the moment. Arbitrary yeah. almost, yeah. Like, what are you basing this on, one person? Yeah. And then when you actually get down to it, though, what are the things, as I thought about my childhood and things that I was told or at least the impression I was given, maybe not in so as many words, but the impression that maybe this person or maybe this this idea or people who think this way aren't as smart as you are because, well, that's just dumb. Right. Or that's stupid. And those are words that seem innocent enough, but when repeated enough times, even just in the background of your psyche makes a difference as to what you start to think about people. Yeah, you know, it, actually, I got the idea for this sermon because that story had come up from a new member orientation. Okay. Somebody had said to me in new member orientation, first of all, their comment was, how do you get away with all of this? That's what their comment was. Get away you with Because I said, well... <laughs> um, in their mind, there were things that we were, you know, kind of rogue on, so to speak. Okay. And that was their, you know, they, they were saying it playfully, but they were saying, you know, how to get away with it. And then they said, after, you know, usually I go through our mission, vision, and our values. We go through all of those. And then he he said, isn't there a limit, though? Isn't, you know, he, he was being somewhat serious. Because before he was saying, well, how do you get away with this? But now he's saying, isn't there a limit? I mean, we can be accepting up to a certain point, but isn't there a limit as to, you know, where we go with all of this? <laughs> and and it was, it kind of struck me. And I, you know, so I, you know, I said, let's, let's spend some time talking. Thinking about that, yeah. And when we had a conversation afterwards a little bit, he was bringing up things that, you know, from his experience growing up that you know he didn't know why they did it but there were just there were just things that you just did, didn't do, didn't do yeah. or didn't accept and you know it, and it's sort of how we in a sense we make these judgments or we in a sense say i i have a bit of a block on this one and uh, I, they don't even know why it's there. And I got to thinking, wow, there's things in my life, I'm sure, that I haven't processed through, but you just automatically, and I'm not going to get into it, but each no. of us who are listening probably know, yeah, there's things that I don't know why I don't like them, but I don't like them, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think we can all look back and think about a time where there are people that we would open just openly accept today yeah. with open arms and say, God's got this. Mm-hmm. And this isn't my decision. I'm not judge, jury, and executioner. I didn't like it when I was a, a child or a kid growing up or you get to those teenage years and early 20s where people are 
well, what are you going to do with your life? And, you know, you haven't figured this part out yet. How, well, how could that be? This is just the way things are. And they've always been this way and we're not going to change them. Well, we do that with everything almost. Yeah. My dad, I remember when we, we were thinking about a name for a child. And he goes, oh, no, you don't want that name. <laughs> and and it was from some experience that he had with somebody that I had no idea. Right. Oh, yeah. Because of his, you know, prejudice, I guess, uh, with that name. You Do know? you know what happened to a kid named this? Yeah. You know, and the, all the nicknames and all the other things sure. that could be, or just because you didn't like that person. Yeah. I find that you don't realize even that you're doing it in many cases until somebody actually calls you out on it. Right. And I think that's the part where when you asked, and you mentioned this being part of our new member orientation. Why do you want to be a part of this community? So for me, a lot of times it has to be, you mentioned that it has to be a safe community later on. It has to have trust. What should drive the answer for us about why do you want to be a part of this community? Or what should our answer be if we want to be both accepted and flourish here? Because if you're saying that you want to be a part of this community, you almost have to understand with the diversity that we have of ethnicities and of thought processes, political leanings, you name it, we have it. There has to be something that A, drives that question. And then there has to be something in me that says, I'm going to be mature enough or right, right. I'm comfortable enough maybe to handle well, this. And I think that's a real, I mean, that's the question, right? That's the important question that we should all be asking. Not what draws me here. You know, because that is a question I do. You know, what 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 got you here in the first place? But usually, it's a different reason for why we decided to move into the area of of belonging or, or membership. <laughs> and I think it is a good question. I think it's an important question that each of us realize because we we make those kind of commitments right on based on a lot of different types of information. We yeah. negotiate sometimes <laughs> for those things, right? <laughs> yeah, we do. And and so I think what we feel comfortable with is different than what we feel called into, you know, Mm. because I, you know, there are lots of times people have said, you know, I've always felt like this was an accepting community, but I now feel like I want to be a part of it because I, you know, feel in a sense a calling to, to do this or to, to be a part of this. I think there's two things that make that really, really important. Number one, I do think that in our understanding of commitment, uh, there needs to be those things of trust yeah. and, and the ability to to trust the people who are with it. The second part is, am I paying attention to the Holy Spirit? Because, mm-hmm. and I know that sounds a little touchy, maybe touchy-feely for some people or a little abstract for some people, but I do think our lives... You know, if we look at the, you know, the the patterns, the yeah. the walks of our life, I think that sometimes we go, yeah, you know what, I'm I'm I feel like this is my place. I've had numerous conversations with people who say, you know, I haven't found a home or I haven't found a place where I feel like I I can grow, and I think mm-hmm. that's a really good goal. Yeah. Is am I going to grow? And are the people alongside of me going to be in, enhanced or helped by my by me being my here. journey here together with them? Yeah, I like the touchy feely yeah, that you? you mentioned because I think that the touchy feely to me can have a kind of a milk 
connotation to it. Like you're not ready for the meet because you're touchy feely. You play off emotions. You're not really thinking things through. Maybe you're not as serious as some, but to me, the touchy feely comes a two edged sword. Part of the reason that we came over was an acceptance of Emily. Hmm. And my daughter has special needs for those listening may not know has down syndrome. And it's a, it's a, it's a diagnosis you can't hide from because it displays itself. Sure that anyone can see. It's not something hidden or, yes, we have a diagnosis, but we don't tell anyone about it. It's very obvious. And so for us to find that accepting place, yeah, that's a touchy-feely thing. But then also understand that not everyone within the whole community is going to be as accepting as others. Right. There's been a ton of people who come up and Jacinia are Executive assistant here mentioned in staff meeting that she was just really blessed with Emily dancing in <laughs> yeah, the aisle a couple yeah. of weeks ago. And we've had so many people come up to us here and say, please don't keep her from doing it. We can see sometimes it makes you nervous. And that's my Midwest upbringing where it's like, <laughs> oh, she's going to go up the aisle. You know, Richard Hickam used to say, let her come up on stage. I'm like, dude, do not, don't <laughs> say it. It will happen. And so getting past that, and I've never had anyone here, and that's been part of the acceptance, I've never had anyone here give us a look. Where we had been in the past, you would definitely get a look, and it was definitely not acceptable in any way, shape, or form. But also with that, then, if it's not that acceptance, then it's also on you as a part of that community to educate. It's on you to be able to be open to answer questions. And that's also, I mean, that's a serious thing that takes some willingness and it also takes some of your emotional energy to do that over a long period of time and it's an education process so as new people come into the community there's a constant re-education that happens and people have questions and we've gotten to the point that that's we welcome the questions but we also understand that it's not always going to be roses for everyone. And you have to also. So to me, that's the touchy feely part that's, yes, I do embrace this because this is why I feel accepted. This is why I feel drawn here was because of this. But I also have to understand that that's not always going to be the case because we're not perfect. Good point. And it's not yeah. always going to work out to where you're going to be happy. There's weeks where you're like, I can't believe this happened. Like, can you believe it? And yes, I can, because we're not perfect, but that goes, and that's not just for people that have special needs. I mean, when you're talking about people that have differences in political or methodology, theology, you know, all of those things, there's a ton of things that we can disagree on that are really deep seated, heartfelt, long standing. This is the way it is because it's just the way it is. What do you, what do you tell somebody that, feels that whatever their connection is and says, this is my home. But then just like anything else, kind of the newness, the shininess wears off a little bit because we're human. And then they're left with a situation where maybe they weren't really prepared for that level of touchy feely. No, that's a good point. And first of all, you know, we, we say these things on the podcast or we might even say them, uh, you know, from a podium or from up front but we are highly flawed. You're right. There are <laughs> there are times every week we make mistakes. And when you say, what do you say to those people who were the honeymoon experience, so to speak, is worn down? 
I think not just us as pastors, but we all have to walk things back once in a while. We all have to <laughs> confront our, you know, our yeah. humanness and say, you know, I, I made a mistake. Actually, just actually just two days ago, I had to call somebody and say, hey, you know what? What I did that that wasn't appropriate, or that wasn't that wasn't a good thing for me to say. I feel like I might have, you know, I was joking, but you know, sometimes yeah. jokes hurt, and sometimes things, you know. And so, I, I think we all have to, at times, recognize that, you know, we make mistakes, and I think that's the beauty, to be honest with you, of this community that I'm a part of here at Whole Life. I have made tons of mistakes, and people alongside of me have made mistakes. But I think being able to be vulnerable and willing to say, I'm sorry, I don't think that should happen. I'm, I'm sorry I was a part yeah. of that. You know, th those are part of that's, you know, we do that as a family, right? We, yeah. I'm hoping that fathers and mothers can apologize to their children. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that, you know, we as members can apologize to each other, even as leaders, we can apologize and walk things back. And I would add that I feel like even during those difficult times, there is a level of trust here that mm -hmm. happens yeah. in our community that I've never experienced in a church setting anywhere else. And that being that I may disagree with you. There are people here that I, I don't dis or that I don't agree with. Not that I dislike them, I just don't agree with them on certain things. But that doesn't mean that we don't get along. That doesn't mean we can't have a difficult conversation or even a maybe a contentious one where we, you know, both raise, you know, the octaves go up a couple while we're trying to get our point across, right? And well, then come and that's, back. That's but, the part that I was talking about with the holy curiosity. Right. Is that just because you may not agree with them doesn't mean that you can't find out things from them. Or that you can't trust them. And you can't trust them. Right. Yes. So having a conversation where you build understanding, I'm not saying that you will change your mind, but it may give you that perspective. I always call, my wife said, if there's one, you know, one phrase that you could give us, what, what would it be? I would say from this talk is to for us to develop a mindful patience with people. Mm, yeah. In other words, where That's we're... Nice conscious of the fact that I may have to just look at this and say, I'm not exactly where I want to be or where I probably could be with this, but I know that if I'm patient and all of us are going to be different tomorrow than we were today. Yeah. All of us are. Absolutely. And that is going to be, that's inevitable. So if I can just be patient, I realize that sometimes I may not agree. That doesn't mean that, that that's going to make us enemies or yeah. or even like you said even at a point where we don't you know we don't have room to understand so this piece here you know this i was talking about the shift and that's why jesus says to his disciples who do you guys say that i am you know <laughs> yeah. that, that was an important piece yeah because it's important that he you know he is you know it does being with me change you does being with me and close to me is there is there something that's different in that? And I think that's what all of us as church members, as Christians, as fellow journeymen that follow Jesus, that's the part that we all get a chance to, to look at and say, hey, you know, with enough patience, 
eventually, you know, he's going to bring me closer to him and I'm going to probably see things a little bit more the way he does. Than, I think that, than I do. I think that works for all of our relationships yeah. that we truly invest those things. Like you're talking about, you said rethinking of how things are versus how they could be. Yeah. And having the opportunity to be curious and having that trust and, and being committed to that process. And I wonder if that's really not, if the commitment to the process is there where Jeff and I can have a conversation about anything agree on some, disagree on others. But I find in those conversations, eventually something comes in the form of a revelation somehow, whether that be through media, through be somebody else who has the same viewpoint as Jeff. And now you have two people that I really do trust and like, I disagree with, but I trust them and I like them. And you go, hmm, maybe Jeff had a point. I mean, this person thinks the same exact way. Why do I think the way that I do, and why is it so much different than theirs? And is there a right or a wrong? Is can it be a little bit of both? Does it have to be black and you know? You start to analyze those pieces in your mind, and pretty soon, to me, that builds trust for me. When I hear someone else say the same thing, even if it's something I don't agree with, it adds validity to what Jeff thinks and to what they think, and it makes me value their input because. If we're looking to be outside of a silo and be challenged on things, which I think for Christianity, that's a, so important yeah. to be exposed to different ideas. And how else would you know what you believe if you don't have anybody ever challenging you, which I think that might be a part of why the whole life community works so well, is that we do have such a difference of thought. And I don't feel like anyone... And maybe everyone, someone may have had a different experience at some point, but I really feel like the people that I know and that I interact with here, we really do care about each other. And I think even if we disagree and we, we laugh and we poke fun and right. sometimes and things like that, I just really feel like that's a component that we're committed to this part where – Somehow our views fit within the nine things that we hold, you know, that uh, right. participation, the Bible, and all those different things, and loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. How we do that is going to differ between each of us. And I just really feel like the way that we message from, in you know, from the front in the yep. form of a message, uh, through the podcast, through events like Connected and Barn Party, where you know everyone is welcome, even every week where everyone is welcome here at at, at the church, and I just feel like that has created a a a real difference maker for me for from anything that I've experienced. And the closest thing I could probably put it to is in a in a life long long ago. Where, you know, <laughs> where everybody knows your name right. is the people that I counted on for a long time versus anyone that I knew personally out, you know, or, or from the my past in the church. And when you feel like people that have walked a different path than you, when they begin to trust you and you trust them, it's a unique relationship that not everyone, and sometimes that's the trouble, the trouble with the bubble, maybe sometimes is that we don't get that other the other difference of opinion or the other viewpoints. Yeah, I think that you know there's a number of things that happen when you decide that you're going to take that risk and be you know a friend. Much like you know, I at, at first 
you're guarded and there's a whole sorts of fears when you, mm. you know, when you give into, <laughs> you know, those kind of belonging aspects of being a part of somebody's life as a friend. But I do think it builds, first of all, like you said, it builds that trust. First of all, we all have, you know, we, we will not do well in life if we don't have someone that we are close to and have a trusting relationship with them. It's a very lonely existence without a trusting relationship. Yep. I think number two, we get humbled. And I think humility is a very important ingredient for our lives is where we get a chance to see things differently than how we always want to see them or, you know, ourselves <laughs> through our own lenses and so forth. We're humbled about other people's experiences and and I think humility is a great uh, perspective to look at life from. Mm, yeah. And uh, and then then third, we we are willing and able to offer grace to people, and you know have that level of acceptance and forgiveness that that goes along with grace. And I I go back to the song. The song is great because it's you know it talks about his grace is the mm, only yeah. reason that we that we change. I think it's a great true statement. It's through through that grace that people change. So, And I loved it when you were talking about the disciples and Jesus going back to that core group and yeah, saying, you know, yeah. again, what who, who do you say that, that I, I am? am. Yeah. And when Peter said, do you still want to follow? Or are you still right. going to be part of my, you know, part of my tribe? And Peter's like, where would we go? Where would we go? And that yeah. one, every time that story is told, I don't know, that's just one of those heart tuggers where if you Imagine yourself as Peter, a flawed individual, just like the rest of us, but so on fire in so many ways, maybe not all the right ways all the time, <laughs> certainly not a, a perfect person, but that's a question I want my soul to say, where would I go? Yeah. What else are we supposed to do? <laughs> like this is, and I know that it has, and the older I get, the more I realize it has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with who my shortcomings, but really where would I go? The whole reason, because I have shortcomings, this is where I need to be. And honestly, this is where I want to be. And I think the the humility that you talked about when you realize it's not about me. Yeah. And even though, yes, I, I enjoy church here. I have friends here. I enjoy the worship style. I enjoy the, the messages from the front. I enjoy pretty much every aspect of life at Whole Life Church. But it's not for my gratification or for my enjoyment, even though I get enjoyment and I'm, I'm grateful to be here. But if it's not for my growth and for my chance to, to grow with others and help them grow, then like, wh yeah. where else are we going to go? I would say in any community, especially, um, I look at, you know, we, we, we keep talking about whole life, but I would say in any, in those of you that are especially watching from maybe a further distance, but that in the community that you're in, that you're planted, I would encourage you to do two things. And the two things that actually came out in this relationship that I had is, first of all, be willing to risk going up to someone, mm. literally going after somebody who you feel you would like to add or put into their life who you are. I think... We don't realize how important we are to a relationship. And it's a lot of times that sometimes it's an insecurity mm. keeps us from, sure. you know, inviting, you know, new relationships or new friendships. I, I think of this, you know, this good friend of mine who 
took the initiative and, and went after me. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, if you're in a community, look around and see who you, you know, you feel like you would enjoy being a part of that person's life or you just go after it and take the risk. It may not always pan out, but, sure. but you're taking, I would say, get out of that comfort zone that you are in and go, go after that. And the second thing is that within that community, understand those people or those uh, relationships that are already established, that maybe it's a group, maybe it's a group of people, that you feel like that's that's an area that I am not always, you know, I don't feel like I can grow or I don't feel like that's, that resonates with me or give it a chance. In other words, find somebody who doesn't necessarily agree with you and, and just be challenged a little bit at times within your community. So in a sense, you're kind of branching into those areas that may not always, you know, be what your prejudice is maybe telling you to stay away from, <laughs> so to speak. Well, I think that's valid because my question was kind of to wrap it up was, you know, not everyone is used to or comes from a background that is as diverse as what we have. I mean, just in Central Florida alone, pretty much anywhere you go, it's a melting pot of the world. And it's not it's very much like that inside the doors Mm -hmm. of our church as well. And so it's not hard I don't think to Not find somebody yeah. that would have a differing view on on something or just and I think sometimes we make it out to be more than more scary than yeah. it really is when in fact a lot of people are moved by your journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like just totally different backgrounds, you have no, maybe nothing in common but you find out traditions, you find out Things that families do where you were from or ways you spent holidays or just a myriad of things that you can find out about that person. And instantaneously, you at least now have someone the next time you see them, you have a place to pick up in that conversation. And so it doesn't always have to be. So, do you think the Earth is six thousand <laughs> years old, or was you know is it is it in the Bible uh, is one day a literal day, or is it a thousand? You know, it doesn't have to be deep theological things to start off with. It can be pretty easy. It can be what's happening around us. Oh, it's you know uh, World Coffee Day is coming up on the 29th. You know, maybe you guys both love coffee. Let's talk about <laughs> yeah. this. Is all I'm saying. Or you can just say, hey, you know what? I don't know much about that. Tell me what you think. I'm yeah. curious to know. Yeah. yeah, and no matter where the conversation goes. Right. A good smile goes a long way yep. to making sure there's round two of any of those conversations. So I really appreciated the message, though, because I feel like there are a lot of people. And for those of you that may just listen to the podcast or I know a lot of you that listen to the podcast are also viewers that are from our online our online viewership. And you may say, well, it, I don't really have that opportunity because I'm not right here. Right. But I think this is applicable to your coworkers. It's applicable to really yeah, anyone that's what I'm that saying. you meet. Any community that you might be a part of. That you of. might be a part of. Yeah. And so and of course, you know, if you want to be a part of the podcast, it's always super easy. 407-965-1607 podcast at hospital hospitalchurch.org. Oh my <laughs> goodness. There you go. Well, I mean, this has been what, two and a half years now? <laughs> oh, longer than that. At least. Yeah. Podcast at wholelife.church. I'm 
it's not like I don't take care of the website <laughs> or type these things in a thousand times a day, but every once in a while, yep. the old the habits die. <laughs> they die hard. So we had a couple of questions and or, and comments, and Rosie said, "I love that phrase, holy curiosity." How would you define holy curiosity exactly? Yeah, again, uh, it goes back to I think your motivation, right? So if my motivation is to is to create a relationship with this person, I think that when Jesus asked questions, it had nothing to do with judgment, condemnation, or a sense of I've got some news on you that you know I, I can abuse. <laughs> sure. I mean, I, I go back to the woman at the well, and by the way, that's one of the chosen. You know, that was one of the movies. Yeah. That the woman at the well, she kept saying, and I love the fact that she kept saying this phrase. Here's a man who knew every, who yep. knows everything about me, and and that was a good thing, right? I mean, yeah. it was it, the information that Jesus had about this woman. Because he asked questions, and he was, you know, he had a holy, he certainly had a holy curiosity, was so that he could be there for her, as opposed to using it against, you know, a lot yeah. of even in marriages, I've found that, you know, in counseling, they would find out something, and all of a sudden, they would never let them go, you know, never yeah. let them. You weaponize it. Forever. Yeah, it was just. So I do think holy curiosity is different than regular curiosity. Yeah, uh, by the way, holy just basically means different, right? Yeah. But it's where we get a chance to use the curiosity for the benefit and the well-being of the person that we're, we're curious about. And it's, you know, I always tell people, if you don't know somebody, resource them. Let them, ask them questions from the standpoint of so you know and understand a little bit better about them. Yeah. Uh, and it helps. Everybody loves to tell a story or two sure. about themselves and... If that's really for the idea of becoming a friend, having common ground, uh, another person you can talk to. Yeah. I Establishing mean, a, a literal trusting relationship. Yeah. yeah. And versus taking that in. Yeah. Jesus could have totally weaponized that and just said, sure. and, and thrown rocks at her and, and verbally, even just verbally and used it against her. But instead it was... Hey, I guess what I guess also what I'm going to reveal to you because I'm telling you this information. So I think that in that instance, maybe it takes a little bit of the fear out right. if you're coming at it from a position of now we all get our words messed up. Sometimes someone might maybe there's a little bit of a language barrier. Things could get mixed up. But those I think when the intent is there. You can see it in the countenance. You can see it in the personality of the person talking from you. And I think there's that's an immediate little bit of grace giving if you're coming at it from that. Rosie, um, by the way, a really good chapter to read is John chapter 15. Mm. If you if you get a chance, because that's where I got this phrase from. It doesn't say this phrase in that chapter, but I do think that Jesus is talking about moving his disciples. I didn't have time to really talk about it in my sermon, but he's moving the disciples from one place to another. In other words, the servant, bondsman, slave relationship. He's moving them to a friend 
relationship, mm. a friendship relationship. And it all has to do with these questions the disciples have. He says, I'm making you my friends because I've shared with you information yeah. that that you know that I only have gotten from my father and I've only shared it with a few people. So that's where the holy curiosity piece comes in, is they're asking, and he's saying, the reason you're asking is because I believe you want to be my friends. Yeah. It's a great, anyway, it's a great text or a great chapter to read for that question. That's great. Well, and I think, you know, you mentioned that you said sometimes we'll say that we've got enough friends or I, I'm just happy with the way my life is right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I feel like that is such a place of when we ask how come God doesn't allow us to be comfortable that often? It's always got to be something. And I think that's if if we were comfortable, we would tell no one yeah, about yeah. the gospel. There would be a lot less reason for us to say or be excited about the actual things that we know God did for us because of the trials that we had. No other explanation makes any earthly sense. And sometimes the most obvious of it was God. Yep, it yep. was God. Yeah, my wife asked me, kind of challenged me on that one actually a little bit when, when I said, you know, uh, I, Christ made us all friends. And then that should be enough for us to realize, oh, I've got friends in this room I didn't even know I had. Yeah, there you go. And, and so all of a sudden I'm going, man alive, does that mean that everybody in this room, in this community, in this church is my friend? And she was like, "Whoa! But what does that mean? Does that mean that I've got, you know, I've got a ultimate?" And we always think of accountability and responsibility and all those things with friends. But I do want to challenge you that if your phrase is "I've got enough <laughs> friends," <laughs> yeah. then you might want to take a look at your own life because if that phrase comes out that easily, I'm not saying it's a bad or wrong yeah. or even I'm not going to make judgment on you. Could be a warning sign. Though. But it might be a warning sign. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like how you mentioned that it's God's party and he decides who he invites and we need to see the value that he sees and then that's how we start to see God through the diversity of eyes that we have in the room when we really realize that even the most hardened criminal yeah. in our world God knows them just as intimately as he knows us and he loves them oh, as yeah, intimately yeah. as and it starts and I that's super cliched. I I feel like that gets said a lot that well you should accept everyone. God loves everyone. And that's difficult sometimes to to not only understand because it's difficult sometimes for me to understand why God loves me as much as he does. But certainly not someone sure. like that like oh my yeah. goodness. But once we realize that God can use us to be friends, to befriend, mm -hmm. or to include everyone. And you really, you really struck our inclusion team in the middle of the sermon. Our inclusion team—it's called the No Barriers team here oh, at, right. at Whole Life Church, of which uh, myself, my wife, uh, Pastor Freud, and uh, hats off to Jasmine who has agreed to lead out this ministry. There's lots of cool things coming down the pipe for us as an inclusion. A church to be included and to have inclusion with people. And for they were in the chat and they were just like, Jeff's on fire. The things that you were talking about. And they're all things that are on our lists for people to be aware of and to be cognizant of their surroundings when it comes to, you know, is there a door that I can help someone who's having a hard time opening a door, getting to a door? Are they using a cane? Are they using a walker? Oh, good point. Are they yeah. Are, is there someone that is sitting by themselves for whatever reason, whether it's a known or otherwise, 
or nothing. It's just that's where they're, you know, they're by themselves. Can we be aware to go and say hello and to maybe, again, I don't always like to go talk to people, but to be that person to make sure that nobody comes here to worship and doesn't find Jesus in one person right. for the week. Good point. And so having all that, that that's what this team, like it's like a helicopter team. They're just hovering over everything for in a good way to try and see if we have blind spots as a church or as different ministries within the church to make sure that anyone that's coming here to find Jesus finds them. And it just, they, they were just listing off all of these in this text message. My phone was going crazy. <laughs> I'm trying to listen to the message and I was trying to start, do a little, start doing a little prep on Saturday and this is going off. And to understand, to have empathy where they might be coming from, animosity in situations, usually coming for fear, from fear or unfamiliarity and all these things. And they're just like, yes, yes, yes. These are things that we, and I know they're taking notes and this is going to be part of a, you know, some kind of church manual that we eventually come out with that we can train people to be watchful and be thinking about. And I just thought that what you were saying when you're tuned in, this is the problem. If you're not tuned into making sure that you're being part of the solution for people finding Jesus and sharing the good news, it could go right past you. You could have the best intentions in the world, but when you're dialed in, and I know all these people on this committee are dialed into making sure that everyone that comes here finds Jesus in whatever way, and we need to remove whatever barriers could stop them from that. It made your message hit home that much harder. So if you haven't heard the message, I would highly encourage you to go back and listen to it because Jeff's a great storyteller. We always know we're going to get a couple of good stories in the middle of one of Jeff's messages. And equally, as, they were equally as good as always this past week. But when you're one of those people that are going, where, did, where can God use me? And, I, you know, we've been talking about this during Chosen. Why, why, why would God choose me? I, right. I don't know. Right. But these are the kinds of things that don't really take – they don't take a lot of skill. They don't take a lot of you They know, don't training. even take a lot of training. You're right. Right. If you look at the – and I was actually one of the – I think it was the second to last one we did where he sends them two by two. We go – Yeah. So the whole, the whole point of that was that they weren't trained – yeah. Very much. I mean, they were like, what do we say? What do we do? How do we, you're telling us that we're going to do the same thing you did. How do we do that? And I think the point is, is that God uses our somewhat, sometimes our ineptness. And it's actually, sometimes he can use that more. So for, for you to think you have to be prepared to be friendly yeah. or prepared to be, you know, in a sense, empathetic and, and have eyes for other people. I think we're missing the whole point of who we really are to these people. So take those opportunities and do them with purpose because yeah. you're the reason why God put you there. Some most of the time, I think that was one of the questions in the um in the in you know Q&A part was, you know, how do we get past it? Sometimes it's just taking that risk and moving forward and saying, you know, God placed me there. I'm going to jump in with whatever, you know, I know about him and move forward. I look at, yeah, I'm a pastor. I've been a pastor for, and you probably say, well, you've been a pastor for, you know, 40 plus years. Of course, you're going to be at ease with this. But sometimes I'm just as uneasy about it as I was when I first started. So it happens to all of us. Fear is yeah. part of that. I was just going to say, 
the part where this makes sense to me is on the weeks, like if you don't feel it and you're not, I'm just, that's just not my personality. It's not me. But think back to the weeks when you came to church and maybe that's been recent, could have been a while ago, but think back to a time when you came to church and maybe nobody stopped to talk to you. Maybe you were in a down place where your aura just kind of gave off the, Ooh, don't really come, don't come talk to me because I'm, Maybe it comes across, sometimes when we're feeling down, it comes across like we might be upset or we might be cranky or, and eh, maybe they're not, maybe this isn't the week to approach Randy. He doesn't look like he's got a <laughs> smile on his face. And I've often been, for years, I wore shorts and flip flops and a t shirt to church. And it used to drive some people crazy. Like, <laughs> why would you do that? And honestly, my my answer was an honest one. I was at a place in my life where I knew I needed to be at church. And I knew because the argument would be, well, why don't you bring your best for God? And I'm I'm like, okay, I get it. They're like, if you you wouldn't go see the president this way, why would you? I said, well, the president's not God, number one. Number two, God asked us to bring our best. And I'm like, today, this is my best. And if I put something else on to cover up the fact that this is that this that the 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 outward appearance is somehow the best I'm going to give them because that's the best clothes I own technically, I got all I can do to get my heart in the right place to be my best today. And so when I when I think about the message, it immediately brought me back to that, and it made me think that those are the people that need this more than ever. And if you're thinking if you've been through that part, you know. That if someone would have just come up and said, hey, how's it going this week? And even just a little bit of interaction, positive interaction, how much that could have lifted your spirits that someone, and it may not have happened in the moment, you might have said, man, I wish someone would have just left me alone today. (laughs) But later on, you think about those things and you see when you're really, sometimes when you're even arguing with God, like, well, where, where, you know, where are you? Well, you were at church two weeks ago. I sent Jeff over to give you a hug and just say hello Had you know, missed you at church. Could have been something just that easy. But you notice that that was a little bit of the that was the start of the uptick. That was the start of the upswing. And I've had that happen to me so many times that it it's the it's the other side to saying I just don't feel like I want to do this or I don't want to participate. Someone needs us always to be participating. And sometimes you're going to be on the down or the up. But it is it to me it's just another one of those things where it's that mindful patience. You might not know who needs it today, or you might know when you might need it the next time. But to be a Cognizant participant as, as often as we can be just to me makes a huge, huge difference. Yep. So that is, oh, one more. Sorry, Ava just about missed it. Ava asked, does God ever change his mind? That's a good question, Ava. I'm not, um, I'm not sure. Are you saying that? Are you asking that question in the context of this in terms of acceptance? I, um, I don't, I don't know if I would say God changes his mind about his love for us. I don't think that ever changes. Mm, no. yeah. um, I, you know, the, there's a lot of people are going to say, well, of course, look at, look at what happened with Abraham. Abraham got him to change yeah. his mind. So I wish speak. we had Brian 
who did a church retreat four it was what, four or five years ago. First, it was our first church retreat, and he was from California. I oh, think. you're thinking of Brian? Wasn't it? Brian? No, it's it's um, Alex Brian. Alex Brian, yes, yeah. and he, that was his whole thing. His was whole God, thing was God changes his mind. I wish we had yeah. the. That was a great message. Yeah, we have the podcast. No, we don't have the podcast from it because we didn't have gear. Then. We didn't have gear. Oh man. Yeah, but he did talk about that. Yeah. If if you read through scripture, it certainly looks like there's a lot of shifting that God, you know, if that's what you're asking about, because we certainly change our minds. And I, you know, I would say that we'd have that 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 we'd have to qualify what that means to change because we're trying to put God into human <laughs> <laughs> you know, cognition. Yeah, that's tricky. And uh, and for us to, you know, to say, you know, because if you read the Bible, there's a point where it says he was sorry that he ever <laughs> created. You know, it was like that whole piece. It's like, yeah. man alive, did, you know, did he regret, you know, did he regret making us? Because that's how that reads. Sure. But again, we have to realize the writer of Genesis uh, just like the writer of all these books are look, you know, they're giving it as best they know how as in terms of how they interpret it. Just like, you know, John interprets in Revelation the things he's seeing the best he knows how in the context sure. that he's using. I think God's mind is so different than ours that it would be hard for me to say, oh, of course, he changed his mind on that because somebody influenced him and da 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 da. To go down that road is, 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 I don't know. It's just really hard for me to move in that direction, but I because God sees the end from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So if if He sees the end from the beginning, if He understands the not just the, how the river flows, but where's why the coming? river flows and where it's and coming where from, yeah, where and I mean He up. He yeah. sees the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it's hard for me to think. Well, yeah, He must. So I would say in answer to, and I'm not going to answer it, but I say in, in response to your question. I would say it's it's very very hard for us to know what the mind of God. Period. Yeah. So whether He changes it or not is is totally un probably unfamiliar to us. How do you answer that? Yeah, I agree. I think that's our perception of what the situation was, how it went during the interim, and how it ended. Yeah. And then that's us interpreting what God either did or didn't do yeah. and, and and what the intentions could have been behind it. That's just a lot to analyze. And if, I guess at the end of the day, if you, if your experience is I was here and now I'm here, did God, you know, did that, did God change his mind on directions or did he push me along and I, did I learn and did I change my direction based on the Holy spirit nudging me in the way that he wanted? That doesn't mean he changed his mind. It just means I followed what he asked me yeah. to do. And that's a hard one to juggle. Cause that seems like there's an apple and orange and mm-hmm. a, and a watermelon that you have to somehow <laughs> all keep up in the air at the same time, two hands on the watermelon and then try to, you know, balance the others. I don't know that there's a great answer. Yeah. I, one thing I don't think he ever changes his mind on. No, the love is I yeah agree. is how yeah. he how he feels about us from the beginning to the end. So, you know, because a lot of times that's the whole point is we think we need to change God's mind about us 
if we can just get him to, <laughs> when in actuality, he's just trying to get us to change our minds about him. So it's like, a stop telling me what to do. If you just listen, <laughs> I'm trying to help. No, no, I, I, that's a, that's a tough one though. That's, but thank you for the question, Ava. Those Good are th- question. Those are things that we can struggle with and we can talk about. And those are the things that you can sit down with someone and, and ask the same question and probably get a three or four different answers and all things to sit and think about, but also ways to make connections when someone gives you a perspective you hadn't thought of. To me, that's gold because now I've got to chew on it and I've got to talk to God about it. And that changes me. Whether it changes my mind, it does change me and who I trust and how I look at things. And maybe it does change me over time. You just never know. Yeah. So thank you for the questions. As always, if you would like your questions answered or if we've said something today or forgot to say something, something you'd like more clarification, 407-965-1607. That is text or voicemail or podcast at wholelife.church. And this week, Ken will be gone. Well, Ken will be back. He'll be but back, but, but we have Pathfinders. He won't be preaching, but it's going to be a big Pathfinder day. And if Tomas will be probably joining yeah. us next week, huh? And I'm not sure what he's preaching on, but he is our director of our Pathfinder Club. And yeah. if you would like to know a little bit more about Pathfinders, you can go to wholelife.church slash Pathfinders, and you'll find their website, along with another group that's called our Adventurers Club, which is pre-Pathfinders. It's more for the little guys yeah. and girls. And you can find that landing page if you go to Pathfinders. It'll give you both of those. You can click on there and find out more. And so that's Tomas. Ken will be back. And then after that, then we start our seven... Seven churches. Seven churches of Revelation. Yeah. I'm excited because I'll be... I'll be honest, I am not, I am not, just never been, like, Revelation's confusing to me. And, <laughs> and, you know, I've been to the, I've been to the Hellfire and Brimstone presentations, yeah. and I'm not sure how much that helped me or, or didn't. Uh, we'll just reserve judgment on that. And I'm excited to hear at least about the churches, because I think that's an interesting thing that yeah, actually, doesn't always get talked about. I'm looking about. forward to it. I actually took a a trip. We took a trip to Asia Mine. Well, it's Turkey now. Turkey, yeah. And Greece. Those where the seven churches are, Greece and, and Turkey. Wow. And it was it was quite an experience. I'll bet. Yeah. Well look, Jeff will have all kinds of insights to give us as we go through <laughs> this one. He can give us a little It was fun. Feet on the ground, been there kind of thing. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Ken, we hope that if you took the time to listen during your little retreat that we did you well. Melanie is out not feeling yeah, hopefully under the Melanie weather. Feels better. So if you're listening, we're praying for you to feel better. And we'll invite all of you back next week. And in the meantime, have a fantastic week. And thanks for listening.